Hey, my name is Kaspar Mapurisa and it is my pleasure to welcome you to yet another episode of the ESN podcast, the Evangelical Student Network podcast. I hope you are as excited as I am to be here. So today we continue in our series in the book of Mark and Tamuka is going to be sharing the words today but before he does that I'm going to read today's text so as usual grab a cup of coffee or tea or juice and listen to God's word as it speaks to us Mark chapter 6 verse 7 to 29 and he called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and he gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a stuff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not put on two tunics. And he said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you, and they will not listen to you when you leave, Shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. King Herod heard of it, for Jesus' name had become known. Some say John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. But others said, He is Elijah, and others said, He is a prophet, like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. For it was Herod who had sent and seized John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because he had married her. For John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to put him to death. But she could not, for Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous man and holy man, and he kept him safe. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. But an opportunity came, When Herod on his birthday gave a banquet for his nobles and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. For when Herodias' daughter came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you wish, and I will give it to you. And he vowed to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half of my kingdom. And she went out and said to her mother, For what should I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. And she came in immediately with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a bladder. And the king was exceedingly sorry, but because of his oaths and his guests, he did not want to break his word to her. And immediately The king sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. He went and beheaded him in the prison 
and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl, and the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard of it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. This is God's word. Good afternoon, everyone. It's so good to be together. Thank you so much, Casper, for leading us. Thank you so much, uh, Shumi and uh, Nyasha, is it? For leading us in worship. Let us pray. Lord, we are grateful for your son, Jesus Christ. We are grateful for what you have done on the cross. Lord, we pray that you alone will speak to us and you speak into our lives. We pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah, my, my name is Tamuka. Um, I'm one of those people who passed through the gates of NAST. I remember coming to this lecture room, we were doing four-year series. It was one of the most difficult, I think, smart 2116 or something like that. But here I am. And I thank God for being back again, sharing the word of God with all of us here. Throughout our Bible studies, uh, the Thursday Bible talks, we have been in the book of Mark. In chapter 4, we saw Jesus, Jesus Christ calming down the storm, showing his power over nature. In chapter 5, we also see him healing the woman who had uh, a problem of blood for quite a long time. And it shows again that Jesus is authority. We also see him resurrecting Jairus' daughter, who had died. And we see his power even over death. But there's this one question which is still coming from quite a number of people, which again we're going to see in the passage that we've read, which is, who is this Jesus? Friends, in the beginning of chapter 6, unfortunately we didn't read that part from 1 to 7, we see Jesus going back to his hometown, which is Nazareth. There he goes, and people start rejecting him. Some even ask in verse 3 to say, is this not this, the carpenter? Some say, is this not the son of Mary? They are rejecting him. They are rejecting his message. But either way, Jesus continued to teach. And the Bible says he, teach, he managed to teach with, with wisdom. As we go into this passage, let me be asking you one question. Have we ever tried or have we ever liked someone so much? I know most of you guys have done the same thing. You try anything, but they still don't like you. <laughs> I remember when I was still trying to date my wife with here. I took her out on a date, and I thought, well, finally, she's going to say yes. When I dropped here and I got to my place where I was staying, I saw this long message. And initially, I thought maybe she's confessing her love for me but she had written all the reasons why she could not date me. <laughs> Friends, I was heartbroken. I thank God, fast forward, she finally said yes, and here I am. But I feel this also happens. We have seen Jesus Christ. He came into this world. He did everything for us. And all he asked is for us to respond to his message by believing what is it that we do. We reject him for other things. Uh, in this passage, we are going to look at how other people during the time of Jesus responded to the message of Jesus. And as we do this, let me be asking this question to you to, and to all of you. 
how would you respond to the message of Jesus Christ? How are you responding to the message of Jesus Christ? The first thing that we see is the response in the cities. That is from verse 4, uh, I mean from verse 7 up to verse 13. The second thing is the response by the authorities or the so-called those who are in power from verse uh, 4 up to 29. Let us look at the response in the cities or rather the villages. In verse 7, we are told that Jesus took the apostles and he told them, can all of you guys go out two by two and preach this message of repentance and turning away from, us, from your sins? But he says something that is very uh, profound and I think difficult to grasp at this day and age, to say when you go, do not take bread, do not take uh, uh, food, just take a pair of sandals and you're not supposed to take two tunics. For them, tunics were more like, some people would say coats, or rather garments that you put under, under a coat that would make you warm. And he says, do not take those things. But rather, you're just supposed to take just one pair of sandals and go and preach the word, the message of repentance. Mind you, these guys are going to be walking miles and miles because there were no cars, which all of you really do like, I'm sure. <laughs> But they were going to walk lots of miles and they go, they get to a place and they're supposed to tell them about the message of Jesus. At this early stage, we see Jesus teaching these disciples to be humble because the tone that Mark uses in his gospel is to say, these guys obviously had some bread with them. They obviously had even more than two tunics that they were supposed to put on. But Jesus teaches them humility at a very early stage to say, you guys do not take anything, but rather trust in me. Trust in your Lord and Savior, who is Jesus Christ. Trust in the Master who has sent you. But obviously this does make sense because it's a reflection of who Jesus is. If we go down to read what Paul says in the book of Philippians, he says, though Jesus was in the form of God, he did not count it equality, but rather he made himself with no reputation becoming like men, friends. Becoming like men to Jesus obviously means no reputation because he is God as we have seen, healing people, forgiving sins. He can only be God, but he became man for all of us. And when he did that, he owns everything. He owns, like, remember I, I talked of the Fourier series, I talked of those guys who discovered those series, he's the one, he's the owner of all of it. But he came, he was just walking like all of us. Friends, what kind of humility do we see from Jesus? But again, as much as this is a big thing, let us look at the people in the villages. Friends, from what we have been taught and from what we see, when someone comes with the word, we want them to be putting on these nice designer shoes, which some of them are even going to tell you how much they cost. Some of them are even going to try and come in if there's this lecture theater and there's a door here. They'll drive in their Mercedes-Benz in and everyone will start ululating to say yes. This is the kind of message that we think we're supposed to listen. But that has never been the true message. We need to repent. We need to respond truly to the message of Jesus Christ. 
What then mattered if they were not going to be putting on these nice things? It was the message to say, repent and turn away from your sins. There are some who did repent, as Jesus told them to say, there are some who are going to repent. If they do, if they listen to the message, what are you going to do? You have a meal with them. But again, there were some who were going to what? To reject it. There were some who were going to outrightly say, no, I don't want this message. That group of people, for me, I understand better because they said no. But there are some who are going to say, you know what, I'm a bit busy. I have, I have a small date at five. Maybe someone is not going to like you either way. <laughs> but either way, they have rejected this teaching for something that is going for their own personal desires. Friends, again, I ask you, are you going to respond to this message? Are you going to respond to the apostles? Are you going to respond to the message of Jesus such an extent that you can actually have a meal and talk about Jesus Christ? Or we have other things that are more important to us. As we think about this, let us look at the response by the authorities. That is from verse 14 to 29. In chapter 1, we see John the Baptist moving. He's telling people, repent, turn away from your sins, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now Jesus is gaining a lot of following. Some are following him because they believe he is truly the Messiah. But a huge chunk are following him because they want the miracles, which is what we see in this day. A huge chunk are following him because they want some healing or whatever it is. But people start having questions. Is this not Elijah? Because if you were to read in Malachi chapter 4, verse 5, they knew that there was an Elijah was going to come. So Jesus moving and gaining this traction and a lot of following, it would make sense for him to be Elijah. Some are saying, is this not a prophet? Because Moses had told them that I will send, God will send another prophet just like me. So in Deuteronomy chapter 18. So they pretty much think that this is the prophet. But look at what Herod says, and this is the most fascinating part. Herod now thinks, this might be John the Baptist, the one I beheaded. This is one of the saddest stories in the whole Bible. Uh, obviously, there's the crucifixion, but this one is also very sad. Why? Because Herod himself said that he knew that John the Baptist was a just man. But the first thing that we see is the fact that John himself was not afraid to call out the sin as it is. Mind you, Herod is a king. He, has, he runs everything. He owns the whole place. If it's Zimbabwe, he's there on the top. He's like the president or whatever he is. But Herod says, what you are doing is not correct. You are not supposed to marry Herodias, your brother Philip's wife. Friends, what kind of people are we? Are we going to be those prophets who are going to say, uh, I think if, if John the Baptist was like one of the prophets or some of the prophets that we have in this day and age, you would have said, maybe you can marry Herodias, but just make sure you don't have kids with him. 
Just to try and sanitize it because he's afraid that if I tell him the outright truth, I won't be able to get some land or some mine or whatever it is. Because he wrote here, he has an empire. But John called out sin as it is, and it led to death. Friends, if we're true believers, we are supposed to be willing even to die for the truth of the gospel, like what we see with John the Baptist. But another thing that struck me was the fact that Herod himself actually knew <laughs> that John's message was true. In verse 20, we are told that Herod feared John, knowing that, knowing that he was a just man. But looking at it closely, you can see that Herod feared John because he knew that this message was true. And I think this now relates more to us than the first part. Why? Because some of us, we say we have heard this message of the gospel. But because, just like Herod, he wanted to impress the people around him, he wanted to impress uh, Herodias, he wanted to make her feel better, he just, he had to put him in prison, and he just could not do what was right. And that's more like us. For me, if you ask my wife, I'm a fan of the Mercedes-Benz, and that's true. Uh, almost every series that is coming out, I'm always telling her, I like this one, I like this one. But if that thing becomes more important to us than the message of Christ, then we are most likely going to be like Herod here. Because we know what is true, we have grown being told that this is the true message of the gospel, to say repent and turn from your sins. Believe in the one who came to save you. But we have so many things that have become so much important to us. Remember I said I was once through the gates of Nas. My degree was very important. I wanted to, to get it. I did. But the moment that becomes more important or that became more important, then if anything was to come to say what's more important to you or if the degree was going to say uh, denounce this Jesus Christ, what was I going to do? I was going to be like Herod. But again, as much as this is a sto sad story, in Mark 15, we see the same thing happening to a just man. Who is this just man? Jesus Christ. We see Pilate doing the same thing that Herod did. Pilate actually found no fault in Jesus, but because he wanted to satisfy the crowd, what did he do? He gave him to the crowd and he was crucified. But the story does not end here, gentlemen. Jesus Christ, as we've seen him behaving authority over everything, now he conquered death in Mark 15. And he calls us to believe in him. Are we willing to believe in Jesus? Are we willing to respond to this message? Friends, when I was preparing this message, it really came deep to me. And I realized that some of the things that might be very important to us, I'm not taking away other things that are important in life, but what I'm saying is, this is important. As we have seen, the rejection of the message of Jesus Christ has led to the death of John the Baptist. There are so many other people in this world who are preaching the gospel in places like Iran, in places like China, in places like Korea, they are still dying for this gospel. 
Friends, if we truly believe, then we need to be willing to take everything that comes with the gospel, just like John the Baptist. Anyway, as I close, let me be asking you a couple of questions. What then is our response to this message of Jesus Christ? Are we going to be those people in the villages who took the apostles in and they had a meal together, they repented, they turned away from their sins? Or are we going to be those who rejected you? Are we going to be the, like the apostles who when they were sent away, they said, yes, I will go, Master. It doesn't matter what I have. Or we're going to say, Lord, yes, I can go. But for this message to be heard, I need some designer and fashion uh, items or clothes. Friends, are we going to be like Herod, who when he knew the message, and he knew that this man was just, rejected and allowed even the death of a just man, just to satisfy his own personal pleasures? Or, we are going to listen to this message and it is going to change the way we live. We are going to listen to this message and we are going to believe in the one who came for us. For those who have believed, for those who believe that God is their savior, the call is to live in continual repentance, to keep on coming, to God, confessing our sins and actually allowing God to work in us. But for those who haven't, as long as you're still in this side of the grave, my friends, the story is not yet over. You still have the chance to believe in the one who came for this world. And if you believe, you're guaranteed of eternal life. Thank you. Let us pray. Lord, we are grateful for your son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for this message that calls us to believe and to respond to your message. We thank you for this day and we thank you for everyone who is here. Amen. There you have it, folks. Some things to think about and some questions to ask and introspect. What will be our response to the message of the gospel? How are we going to accept it and walk in daily repentance or we are going to reject the gospel of Jesus Christ just like Herod and them which then caused the death of John the Baptist think about it anyways my name is Kaspar Mapurisa and this has been the ESN podcast uh, please do check us out on social media um, on Facebook we are Evangelical Student Network same as our YouTube page and please do follow us on Instagram um, our handle is ESN underscore NAST um, with that said catch you on the next one grace and peace